are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Free Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm joined today by Colin McKay and Lorraine McKillop. Yay. And, yay. and once again we are doing it via Skype because we still have no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have literally have zero cash. I'm living, world. I'm living on yeah. fresh air and, and dreams just now. I'm, so. I'm, I'm living on hope and Tesco vouchers right now is what I'm living on. Um, and the Tesco vouchers are rapidly running out, which means the hope is just about gone as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we should be back at the Raven next week? No, next week, week after. Yeah, week after, hopefully. Week yeah. after. But um, for now, we're going to have to do it all from home. Um, so are you drinking anything tonight, Colin? Uh, tea. tea. That's Tess. very well. So we can't afford even a bottle of beer right now. No, no. So it's no, no beers in a movie. No, no beers in a movie. Lorraine, are you drinking anything? Um, orange diluting juice. That's <laughs> an hour ago. And right, literally, literally an hour ago, we have just got out of Colin. I, I went in kind of with, with low expectations based on reviews. Who directed it, Colin? Um, James Cameron. No, what's not? It's Trish C, who directed also a film called Step Up All In. No. Is that a dance? Are you not a fan? No. Is it's a dance film. Did Step Up not have loads of sequels or something to it? Yes, there was Step Up. I think Step Up All In maybe like the third or the fourth one, but that's, right, that's, okay. that's one of the Step Ups. Um, the basic plot of this film, Colin, do you want to give it a rough surmise of what it was? Um, was there a fucking plot? Um, I mean, yeah. The, yeah. the Bellas um, want to sing again. They get invited to the younger Bellas kind of show thinking they're going to perform. They realise they're not performing. So one of their dads is in the army, and they decide to ask him if they can go and kind of moralise the truth. Yeah, by yes. kind of singing. Uh, when they get there, it turns out there's a famous DJ there, uh, three other bands, and it becomes a contest that whoever kind of wins overall will kind of become the supporting act for this DJ. Um, and then there's that utterly bizarre, weird side plot with Rebel Wilson's um, character, Fat Amy, and her dad having a reunion, but her dad turns out to be a bit of a cad. Um, who's yeah. just trying to get her fortune off her, which she didn't realise she had. Know about, yeah. Anyway, um, but the, the, the plot was pretty pretty vacant. It was yeah, yeah, there was non, non-existent. Everyone returns. You got Anna Kendrick playing the main role again. Becca, um, yep. Becca, uh, Wilson mm-hmm. brought back in as well as still Fat Amy. Yeah. Um, you've also got Haley Steinfield. She plays the youngest member still of the the group. Mm-hmm. She also has her name is Emily. Yep. Um, and also you've got John Lithgow thumbs up for a little bit. Anybody else have not been noticed in the film? Um, anyone else I know? I don't think there was anyone else I know in there. I really like um, the Korean girl. She is just amazing. I'm not she's sure, but she's... I think she's Korean. Um, okay. But she's just amazing. She just steals... Every one of the movies, she just comes in and steals them by doing what she does. She's so wacky and off-kinder. She's mental. She's absolutely brilliant. So what do you think overall calls it? We've only been an hour out, so what do you think of Right, it? I've been in with low expectations based on previous reviews. Um, yep. And the first half hour I was really frosty, and by the end I'd really, really warmed to it, um, to the point I was kind of had a good few chuckles and stuff like that. Um, I thought John Lithgow was nuts in it. Um, I think he just had, had a wheelie of time um, with that crazy Weirdly no, but Weirdly though, no, what was he? Was he in Footloose, wasn't he, John Lithgow? He wasn't, no references to Footloose at all. I thought no references at all to Footloose. I thought they might have thrown at least one Footloose reference in there, but not a single one. Would anyone get it or other than people that like us are too old to be watching it anyway? Is John Lithgow that memorable? Is that who you think of when you think of Footloose, though? I, I think it might, there might have been some. I mean, they, they had like Footloose references in like, Club Rock for the Sun and stuff like that. So, I mean, I thought they mm-hmm. might have... And this is a song about 
a film about singing and yeah. dancing as well. But again, Third Rock for the Sun is like kind of 10, 15 years old now, so the generation then would have probably related more to Footloose, whereas the people yeah. that are watching Pitch Perfect now, I really don't think they would, they would get the references anyway. I'm not saying a Footloose reference would have saved this film, I'm just saying I thought there might have been one in it. Yeah, no, no for sure. But it, I think he was totally hammered up and he was having what such a fun time. I think you should he was enjoying it. He was enjoying himself, yes. Definitely, but did you? Oh, hang on, did you just go and see it together tonight? Yeah. We took Jill with us as well, so we weren't like two old queens sitting there, so we made sure we took Jill with us. Which I'd have been comfortable just sitting just with you, Richard. And it would have been awkward queen. sitting just with me. Do you think so? Really? Yeah. Oh. Nah. Yeah. It was quite a quiet cinema, to be fair, there was no one else in it. Well, Lorraine, don't listen to him. You're talking to the guy that came and seen Jem in the holograms with me. Um, another standout performance in it was um, Ruby Rose. She was good in it. 
she you is. Only have, like, five I, minutes I know, but do you not think you, you, she's in Orange is the New Black, Lorraine, yeah? Yeah, sure. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's so charismatic, like so, so watchable. She, she's just fucking, whenever she's on the screen, you, you just transfix her all the time. Um, yeah, but I wish her sort of big screen stuff would have been slightly better than, than this. But she'd done Triple X before this, remember, as well. So she's Yeah, I mean, let's, she's, she's, she's a good actress, obviously. She's done a lot of good TV. Mm-hmm. Like you said, she has got a magnetic you kind know, of look about yeah, her. Yeah. Let's, let's give her a better you know, story to, let's give her a better film to, 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 to be in. I think she's still breaking into cinema. I think she'll have big things ahead of her, but I thought she was really charismatic whenever she was on screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, I gave it, I, on the way kind of home, um, I gave my usual MDB rating, and I gave it a kind of, Five and a half. I was going to go. You can't do a five and a half, so I gave it a five. Okay. Yeah. Which um, weirdly, I disliked it a lot, but I gave it a five. How come? Because I think everything. Then, if you if you're a fan of the other two, you enjoy what's there. There's nothing there that you won't dislike, and it does its job in that respect. But I just felt it was just really dull because I've seen it all before. Just quite kind of lazy and generic. And yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. Just just lazy, more than anything. And, that, and lazy filmmaking is a bit of a put off for me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so what did, what did Jill give it out of 10, actually, just because she's sitting across from me, Jill, out of 10? An 8 out of 10? Oh, Jill gives it not a full 10 out of 10, only an 8. 8's a good mark, though. Um, it's a good mark. Third in a franchise, 8's pretty, pretty yeah. damn, damn respectable. Jill was yeah. most excited when we went into the cinema because we were showing the trailer for Mamma Mia 2. That was sort of like, got her attention very early on that the Mamma Mia 2 trailer was on. Did I miss that? You did miss that. You came in for some other random trailer, which was really long. Oh, you came for the Maze Runner trailer, that's what it was. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. before that, you had Mamma Mia 2, and that was most definitely, you know, was yeah. not only the same, we have to watch that one right now, we have to also watch the original right now as well. I'm never going to watch that. Probably, <laughs> I don't I want to watch that. Mamma Mia. Yeah. Have you never seen it, Colin? I'm not a fan of musicals, I'm just, which is funny because we're going to talk about a musical in a minute, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah musicals don't really do it much for me either. It's the ones that are sort of based on just like big hit songs. Mm-hmm. You know, like Rock of Ages and Mamma Mia and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't really do it for me. I, I, I don't mind a, like a uh, original musical. I can kind of get behind that. But these ones that just all do is rehashing old hits just doesn't really do it for me. Maybe that's why I dislike a lot of stuff in this new picture because I didn't recognise anything, so I didn't even enjoy the songs. I actually recognised all of the songs on it. I was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've, got young, you've got young kids, maybe that's why. Just because I'm cool. Because you're cool. Yeah. I recognise the Kelly Clarkson one and I recognise that face. <laughs> The one, that was it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, it wasn't terrible. Um, a few chuckles in it, and if, if you like the franchise, I think yeah, it's one. If you like the franchise, you enjoy it, and I do like the I like the first one. Did like the rest of them, so I'm, I'm, I found it dull. Yeah. Um, but on to the next film quality, but um, we'll pick. What we're going to pick for the second film. So a few things we've seen, we've both seen. Other things we haven't seen. Right, well, um, do you want me to cover Great Showman just now? Because me and Lorraine seen that, you have not. Yes. And we'll quickly skim over that, and then we'll go to the ones that we've all three seen, and then we can all pitch in. So me and Lorraine went to see the the Great Showman, um, which is by um, P.T. Barnum. Directed by Michael Gray. Michael. That, that's um, that's who I was going to see next. But yeah, that's yeah, interesting. It's his first movie. Well, I was supposed to have done before that TV. Or? This is literally his first movie. He's done he's done music videos and done some random shorts. So that's it. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. ambitious. Done a yeah. bad job. Um, yeah, it's a life story of P.T. Barnum, um, but it's all kind of shiny and glossy and clean and sanitised, and it kind of doesn't dig too much into shoulders up there somewhere as well. Um, it stars Hugh Jackman and yep. Zac Efron. And was there any yep. other big names in it, Lorraine? Michelle Williams. 
Michelle Williams, Williams yeah. yeah. Uh, is Zendaya not in it as well? She's, I don't know who she is. I think she's kind of popular amongst the younger she's, generation, but... She's Mary Jane in the new Spider-Man. But, I know, but who is she, though? Who's Zendaya? I mean... Yeah. I think she's like a Disney, Disney girl, like right. for a Disney channel. Okay. Um, and Rebecca Ferguson's in it as well, I think. Rebecca Ferguson was in she it. Yeah. Jay Lynn. Yeah, Jay, the opera singer. Was it opera yeah. she done, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but... Um, um, yeah, we went to see that. Um... I enjoyed it a bit more than Lorraine, and I'll let Lorraine go first and kick its ass so I can try and defend it. Um, right, well, I didn't hate it. Uh, I just I just didn't enjoy it that much. I thought um, it was a bit shallow and a bit flat for me. Um, I also didn't really enjoy the songs in it. I thought it was all just one big song. Like There was nothing distinctive about them to me at all. Um, other than Jenny Lynch's one that she was singing, um, oh, she didn't sing an opera song, it was like a more modern version, but obviously you've got to believe that she's singing opera. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me a sec. <coughs> um, but in the end, no, I just I didn't think the songs, I just thought they were flat and boring. And quite often as well, I felt that Hugh Jackman's voice didn't, it felt like he didn't fit them, yeah, uh, yeah. the styles of the songs. Um, I, I, I'd thought that these spent a lot of money on costumes lot, uh, and yeah. not much else yeah it looked nice so everyone just... Aye, but no it really see there was like in the i don't know the circus that he's got and there's like a tattooed man mm-hmm. and it was like clearly a dancer someone that could dance but wasn't tattooed they'd obviously put on do you know like that flesh colored like t-shirt and leggings on like them like a skin suit like a body type thing, yeah. But with like, uh huh, with like the tattoos printed on, and I'm like, surely there's a tattooed dancer out there that can actually just, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or there's got to be a, ta- a dancer out there that's completely covered in tattoos. No, it looked like, look like a guy wearing like a tattoo suit, essentially. Aye, uh huh, uh huh, yeah. I didn't notice that at all. Um, I'm so oblivious to stuff, but I <laughs> didn't even know it was a guy in a suit. I just assumed that it was a tattooed dancer. You, you are described by anything sort of shiny and spinny, though, aren't you? Really? Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. much. Um, just I mean, w- it's w- interesting to say this is like Hollywood's first original musical for about 20-odd years. Well, they didn't do a very good job at in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, it out, if you've got 20 years, could you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. They had La La Land out. La La Land was out, but they were actually made both at the same time just to delay the release of this one. Yeah. So obviously got away from La La Land. There was a couple of problems with a few like CGI things and they had to like, sort of clean them up. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, this is this was actually put in production before La La Land, I think. Yeah. See, um, I, I liked La La Land, but you know, I didn't I wouldn't have raved about it. I like La La Land more than I like this. But right. I didn't think La La Land was hugely special either, to be honest. I liked the opening of La La Land. I thought that was magnificent, but then after that it does become a little bit sort of like muggy and doesn't really move at the same pace you want it to move and then it, it has got a, ph- a phenomenally beautiful ending yeah but it has a lot of chop in the middle there that sort of like makes you kind of like you are kind of feel like you're wading through a lot of stuff yeah um just on to what Lorraine was saying about the, the, the songs being generic um I a lot of the songs did kind of blend one to the other and there wasn't much distinction but on the back of saying that the the main song this is me that mm-hmm. won the golden globe for best original song yeah the best original song is one of those Golden Globes. All you need is like most people put out. If anyone, if a film puts out a song, it's going to get nominated because no one puts out original songs yeah. anymore for the movies. But I thought that one song was memorable. I thought that was quite different from the rest. 
morning. Um, I thought I really enjoyed that one. I get what you mean with all ones, but I totally agree with you in, in Jackman's voice. He was kind of doing a shojun sh- voice, and it was like kind of more. The songs were Modern. trying to be popular yeah. almost, weren't they? And, and he was uh, kind of, yeah. yeah, he was kind of still treading the boards a wee bit. Um, but no, I really enjoyed This Is Me. I, I thought that was a good song. I the rest of them, I really couldn't remember. If one came on, but the radio, I kind of would probably not note came from that film unless it was that, that one song. I guess it's like mm-hmm. Frozen, we let it go as well. I mean, it's like the one big number that stands out. I think, I think that's what it is. To see my beard as that. Um, so out, out of 10, Colin, what are you giving it? Well, you, you liked it more, didn't you? You, you actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I think I gave it um, a 7 out of 10. Um, a high 7, yeah, close to an 8 maybe. But yeah, 7 out of 10, yeah. yeah. Lorraine? Um, I don't know, 5 or 6. 5 or 6, so it's passable, but nothing special. You said yeah, that. I, would, I wouldn't watch it again. You said yeah. that so blasphemy. I mean, there's... Yeah, 5, 6, meh. Yeah, don't really care. <laughs> So like, you watch and you almost instantly forget about it when you want to leave the cinema, you're like, it's not going to stay with you for any length of time. Yeah, I mean, I think probably my favourite um, musical is Cabaret. Right. Um, and I would happily watch that, you know, over and over again. In fact, I, and I just watched Chicago for the first time. I know it's like 15 years old, but I just was 17 years old or something. I just mm-hmm. watched it for the first time the other night. That's a good musical. Yeah. There's plenty of good musicals that have been made. I just don't, and I'd happily watch them again, just not that one. Mm-hmm. Richard, what's Actually, your favourite musical? Um, my favourite musical, Hamilton. Hamilton? On TV yeah. or movie? On TV. Yeah. Um, Sunshine Only. I knew you were going to say that, you pansy. So, yeah. What was that? Uh, Sunshine Only. Oh, right, okay. I'm not yeah, I like that one. I can't really think, I, there's not many musicals I actually I do like. It's, it's quite rare. But I do I actually do like musicals, but I can't really think of many musical films. I like, I like, I like, I like musical numbers Annie? in films. I don't really like Annie. No? Oh. No. Annie's good. Um, like I like, I love the musical number in Clerks too. I love the musical number in uh, the like the dance number in Five Hundred Days of Summer. So I like when things have musical numbers in them. But yeah. just a whole film and it's everyone's constantly yeah. jumping and dancing into songs just doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really do, do it for me. No. Yeah. Apart from Sunshine Only, I do really like that one for whatever bizarre reason it is. I do enjoy that film a lot. Um, I, just one last note. I thought Zach Efron was really good in it as well. I think he's doing everything. But he is. I think. I think he's he's really watchable. I think he's he's <laughs> easy to look at, and I think he's a, he's a decent actor as well. I really like Zach I don't think he had that much to do. I don't he, think. No, he, I, he didn't. And he was a, wasn't exactly pivotal. Yeah, and he was a fictional character as well, wasn't he? So his character mm-hmm. was kind of wrought in for the movie. It, it didn't kind of exist as well. But I liked him. So. so and I, I don't know. They really changed a lot of the details like P.T. Barham I think was quite old when he started all this yeah. and mm-hmm. I don't think there was any kind of there's a relationship implied with, with Jenny Lint or Jenny Lunt I can't remember which one I it is think it's Lint. Mm-hmm. Um, and as if she was this great beauty and I looked her up and she was quite the plain Jane and I don't think there was anything going on there either and I just kind of Mm, I don't know. If you're going to tell like a historical story like that, then try and tell it right. If you, I mean, if you want to do it by a musical, that's fine. But at least try and get some historical accuracy to it. You know, yeah. you, want, you want to do it. By, you know, Le Miserable, I think, has got some elements of truth in it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's done to music. But there's still a truth to the actual story itself. Yeah. You have to choose it a different way. They definitely, yeah. definitely clean. I mean, it was set in eighteen hundreds, and everything was clean and polished. There was no kind of yeah. dirt and dust and muck, and you know everybody was kind of quite well to do and stuff like that. So it was definitely, you know, an idealised version of the past. Oh, for sure. Yeah, very, very. Yeah. 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 Anyway, enough, uh, enough, uh, 
great, great. On to the next one. Great right. film. So I've, I've actually seen quite a lot of the things we've been off because we've been off for a while. Um, we'll pick on this one. But I'll talk about one I've seen that I don't think you've seen. Um, it's one called Brad Status. No, I've never even heard of it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's got very limited releases. Directed by Mike White, who's only done one film a few years ago called Year of the Dog, which I've never seen, but I've heard it's actually okay. Mm-hmm. But he's more famous for being a writer. He wrote a film called Orange County. Yeah, it's a that. really good is this, is this the guy, is he like um, Jack Black's friend in School of Rock? Yes, he wrote School of Rock. He's also Ned Schneebly in School of Rock, the guy who plays the teacher who's sick that Jack Black fills in for. Oh, he's in that one. What's that good one with Jennifer Aniston and Jake Gyllenhaal? The Good Girl? Yes, he's in that as well. Yes, he's, he's yeah. an actor, writer, and now he's got his next directing gig. He also wrote Natural Libra as well. Um, so he's obviously in with Jack Black. But he is a very good writer from, like I said, Orange County. I think it's a fantastic film. Um, it's much forgotten, unfortunately, but it's a really good uh, coming-of-age film. Uh, the plot of this film is Ben Stiller is a sort of a, a dad who's going to the East Coast with his son to look over colleges, uh, but at the same time he's going through a th- sort of like midlife crisis, mental, you know, sort of you know, questioning all things. I think I like. this. Yeah, um, and all, basically becomes jealous of all his friends who are doing, in his mind, much better than him. Um, so Ben Stiller playing the title role, he's, he's Brad. Uh, his friends are played by Michael Sheen, Luke Wilson, and Jermaine Clement. And his son is played by Austin Abram, who is the guy who we kid from Paper Towns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Film, yes. Yeah. Um, watching the film, this is like probably some of the dullest, most middle class, white privileged piece of garbage I've seen for such a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it is just. You, you basically, this guy lives in a lovely, nice, colonial house somewhere in like Los Angeles, so it looks lovely. And he's got a lovely wife who loves him a lot, and she's got a great job. He's got a, a, a wonderful job as well. His kid's a child prodigy, you know, essentially, you know, for music. Mm-hmm. So he's got everything going for him as well. His choices are between like sort of like Harvard, Yale, and some other great school. And um, but Brad Ben Stiller is pissed off because his friend is become so successful. He might actually get a jet and let, he's, he owns his own private jet. And Brad and, and Brad doesn't have a jet, so Brad's having a crisis of course. like, what have I done with my life? I don't have a jet. That is and that's yeah. and that's what it boils down to. So it's really, really hard to identify with Brad for most of this film because you're going like, I don't, your problems are not fucking problems. Um, and you've also got someone in, like, he meets someone in the film who basically spells it out for him, but that still makes him go, yeah, but I still want a jet, essentially. Um, he starts to feel a little bit better when he finds out that his friends might not be as happy as he thinks they are, you know, because one of his friend's daughters may have a severe spinal disorder that means she can't ever walk. And for some reason, that made him feel good because, oh, he's not got everything. That sounds friends, terrible. One of his friends an alcoholic, so that's great because his friend's not as happy as he thinks he was. So is, this, is this like a, a really good example, you know, Schadenfreude? It could possibly be, yeah, I mean, that is a good example of that, but it's, it's just an awful yeah. film, and it, it's such an, and every character in it, I found nothing yeah. but distaste for. The only thing I can compare it to, or something I disliked as much as this, was the Ivan Reitman, not Ivan Reitman, the Jason Reitman film called Men, Women and Children, that was out about two years ago, which yeah, again had this, it's that real yeah. horrible, like, people who were just awful people. But thought they were just they lived this really middle class bullshit life, but because they didn't have everything they wanted, life was somehow hard on them, and you feel the whole film just want them all to die, and that's what I felt with this film. Watching this, I felt nothing but absolute fucking horror at all these people in this film, and I, and I hated everybody in it. 
his Ben Stiller not though like he's he not been in a kind of a vein of a similar type of film lately like um, that kind of middle aged shit. What am I doing? What have I not got? What do I want? Like um, like while we're young, which I yeah. quite liked. Have you um have you seen on Netflix the, the is it the Meyerowitz stories? I have yes, I did watch. It. I actually I actually quite enjoyed that film. I actually thought it was yeah, really well done. Yeah, uh-huh. Because there is a certain melancholy about that, and that's not him pining for what he wants from everyone else. I felt like that was just sort of showing, showing a dysfunctional family, which yeah. I'm totally cool with. Um, equally, he does the one he done one a couple years ago called was it the the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I quite enjoyed that one again. It's sort of tackling similar things. A guy who's unhappy with his life, so you generally feel kind of sorry for him. Even though he's got a great job, and he, you feel like oh, I would love that job and that things like that like a not a bad life. You do sort of still do feel kind of sad for him. You do want to have him succeed in a different way. But yeah, in this one, just nothing but distaste for him all the way through. It. And is, I was really gutted. Is there any redeemable characters in it at all? There's a couple of giggles in it that made, made it all that made me kind of go along. It's a bit of slog for him to get to them. Generally, the only person I actually quite liked in the film was Michael Sheen because he is a dick. He was this sort of high power broker, um, and like sort of he's like a former American press secretary becoming like an author who just talks about politics all the time. But he seems genuinely going like, I don't know why you're pissed off, man. Like he sort of he becomes like sort of a kind of a voice of reason in the last ten minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, no one's redeemable in it at all. And you seen this in uh, cinema? You seen this year? Yeah, I saw it in cinema. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Don't fancy it at all. I don't think we're going to. No, I, I, don't, I don't think I've sold it well, to be honest. No, you've not. <laughs> uh, I, I want a jet now as well. Marks it a 10? Uh, we'll give it a 4. 4 out of 10. Hmm. Yeah, because it, if anything, it looked pretty. It mm-hmm. looked very nice. It was well handled. Um, everyone in the film, I suppose, played their role well to an extent because I guess they were supposed to be middle class douchebags and they played that role to perfection. But if they're trying to play for anything else, then they were absolutely awful at the roles. But I'm going to give them some credit and say they're trying to be middle-class douchebags. Is there an audience for films like that? Like, I mean, there must. Mid- middle, like, people want to go and fucking relate to middle... Like, oh, I want a jet too, or fucking... I want Colin, a, uh-huh. you are middle-aged. Why? Middle, middle-class? Middle-class, you mean. Middle-class, you mean. Not, oh, right. Yeah, sorry, I thought it was probably the middle-aged. No, yeah. middle, middle-class. I'm not middle-class. Um, yeah. No, you're definitely not. <laughs> you're lower middle-class. Um, these are people very high middle class, not even for upper class. I mean, do you know what it reminds me of? See that film? Did you go see that film, the one about the room, and it's like these people having the fight and the it's at the party. Is it the party? Yeah, it's called the last party. Yes. Yeah. Right. It, it reminds me a little bit of that. Like everyone in that film is pretty much again despicable. They're all middle class white pricks. Quite privileged, yeah. yeah. Privileged, but they're funny enough and witty enough to get away with it. Mm-hmm. This didn't have any of that wit about it, and that's what made it even more distasteful because no one seemed like you know, oh, you're you know, that's why. You can be like that because you're witty and funny. And there's no sort of humour in that respect. It was not. It was not witty enough to be that to, to that to be that dickish. Okay, so one to avoid then. So scratch one that. One to avoid. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it'll last. I think it's going to already be broken. I don't think it's going to last very long. So yeah, you can definitely. I would avoid it like the plague. Okay, consider it avoided, sir. Consider it avoided. I'm glad to have saved one person because I, I sit through these film rock columns, so you don't have. To. <laughs> <laughs> that is my role in life now. Sit through this shit, you don't have. To. Um, so we'll move on to one we have both now seen. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with Hostiles. Hostiles, so we've all seen Hostiles. Yep, directed by Scott Cooper. Who directed what else? He directed Crazy Heart. Is that the one with Val Kilmer? No, Crazy, no that's, that's Thunderheart. Thunderheart, uh-huh. um, Crazy Heart's the one with Jeff Bridges playing the country singer. It's Paul Farrell in it as well. I've not seen that. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal as well, really good film. Um, he's also directed a film called Out the Furnace. 
which mm. had um, Christian Bale in that was a film he done a few years ago. Again, I really liked. He also done the film like last year, the year before, so I think it's two years ago, it's very called Black Mass. Oh, the Johnny Depp one. Johnny Depp one about the Whitey Bulger, the mm-hmm. Boston uh, gangster, which I thought was, an, was a really bad telling of that story. I, I quite it, enjoyed that. I thought it was all right. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was very. The story itself was amazing. The, the telling of it, I thought it was pretty weak and sanitised and yeah. a bit dull. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that, that's what he's done. So he's, he's got a decent pedigree. You know, he's, he's done some interesting stuff. He's, he obviously knows he's way around the camera. Um, the plot of this film is basically Christian Bale is a retiring, I think, um, yeah. sort of soldier. Set, set during the 18th century at the end of the American Indian Wars. Um, and he's been tasked essentially to get an Indian chief, is that chief? Yeah, an Indian chief from, what are they, they're in Idaho, aren't they, or something like that, yeah? Uh, Wyoming, New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Mexico. Have you got to get to Montana? Montana, take him through, um, and basically escort to Montana. Christian Bale is basically one of the most racist people you can possibly imagine in this film. Um, you sort of introduce him, you see him essentially sort of rounding up Indians, but that's just supposed to be the very start of the film, you see obviously the Indian attack as well. Um, um, and from that you get Rosanna Pike, yes? Rosamund, Rosamund. Pike, yeah. Rosamund Pike, sorry. She joins the group because she's been essentially left homeless and childless and husbandless by an attack by uh, Cherokees. Mm-hmm. Yep. Comanche. The Comanches. <laughs> Somebody we're, we're was just, paying attention. Someone was paying a lot more attention than we were, yeah. He's got uh, to, I think he's got to transport Cherokees, but the attackers right. are Comanche. Comanche. You're correct, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I knew that I knew like, the both tribes were mentioned at some point. Uh, I can remember it was. Um, essentially that's the basis of the film. He's got to get them from one place to another. Um uh, got a good cast, like the Christian Bale plays the main role. You've got Rosemond Pike playing the, the, the female of the of the film. Um the main Indian chief is played by Wes Studi, mm-hmm. and who was in Last Mohicans, obviously. But also, have you ever seen a film called Mystery Men? Yeah, yeah. He plays well, the Shaman. Ah, really? ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Richards, can I just point out? I've got a fact for you. Oh, interesting. Uh, Black Cock, the chief's son. Oh. Adam Beach, SVU. SVU. <laughs> SVU detective. Uh, also had um, Stephen Lang in it as well. Stephen Lang, is he the one that looks like Matt Damon? Yes. No, yeah. one of the, one, no that's Jesse Clemens. Is it, I, like, I like him a lot, Jesse Clemens, because he looks like a kind of a really rough Matt Damon. He looks, like, he looks, he looks shifty at all times, doesn't he, Jesse Always, Clemens. yeah, yeah. So, Stephen Lang's the guy who sends him on his way. He's, a, he's a, the, the general. Oh, right, he was in Avatar, yeah. Yes, yeah. Avatar, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And also, much to my delight, who turned up in it, Peter Mullen. Peter Mullen was in it as well, yeah. 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 Um, oh, so, think of that call. What do you think of this one? I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought I, I kind of was going in because I'd heard it was quite slow, and I was going in thinking it was going to be a bit of a slog and stuff like that, and you know it's going to kind of twist and turn. And I thought the plot was really linear. Just you know, what it, it, it didn't overcomplicate itself. The plot well, is what you say. It's like here's what we want you to do: take these natives from this place to that place, um, you know, so we can kind of win the goodwill back of the people. And and that pretty yeah. much was the film. Um, yeah. Quite bloody at times. Um, I mean, it's well named hostile. I mean, everybody in this film is in some way hostile. It does show both sides. Like, not doesn't entirely show the Indian side as well as the other side. On, on really... that note, though, I don't know if, if any of you kind of noticed as much, but did they've kind of because because we live in such a PC world now. Um, in the film, they don't use the term Indian and stuff like that. It's always native, so. Yeah, back, back in that period of time, we would have called them Indians, Indians, whatever, you know, Redskins, stuff like that. 
but in the actual film, they, they never refer to them as Indians. They always refer to them as natives and stuff it's like that. So there's no. It's been put through a 20th or 21st century sort of um, set of glasses because mm-hmm. you've got. It's it almost had a sort of Black Lives Matter feel to it a little bit. You know, the way they're sort of they're rounding up the Indians at the start of the film, the way they're treating them, you know, they're abusing them at the start. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that whole it, holding them in cells without trial and without, you know, cause yeah. has that sort of, It does feel very. It does feel quite prevalent now mm-hmm. to a great degree. Uh, so it has been put through a, a sort of twenty-first century filter, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, with regards to performances, um, Bale, you, you kind of go from you, you hate him, you like him, you hate him, you like him in it, and I suppose that that's his job as an actor. But did you ever like him in this film? I think I sympathise with him at times. <laughs> you know, he's he's this guy. He's, he's served his whole life to the army, and and you know he's been told to do something he doesn't want to do, or he's going to lose basically everything he's ever kind of worked for. You know, so he's back yeah. in a corner and. You kind of get the sense something made him the way he is. You know, he, he wasn't just born to hate Native Americans and, and you know go hunt them, kill them for no reason. There, there, there's a background there somewhere. Um, that you know you kind of see this jaded man that, that's had hardship, and I think that came across. And I think at times uh, you, you sympathise with him a lot. I think at times. Yeah. I don't. I, I didn't at all. I thought yeah, I looked at him and, he, and there's a point. Someone says to him. He says. He says someone. I killed Indians because it's my job, or I killed them, them because it's my job, and then someone just says to him. Yeah, but no one took more delight and joy in doing their job than you did. And I felt like there was nothing in this film that redeemed him as a person. I felt like I mean, I, I, I think I think the performance was phenomenal. I thought it was like, I think Bailey's best performance since the fighter. Mm-hmm. But as a character, I thought I found him just absolutely as, as, as abhorrent as a character. I thought it was absolutely yeah. horrible. What did you think? Yeah, what was your take on his character? Um, yeah, I think at first you do actually I did, I, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this guy at all the entire film. And sometimes as well, like, I, I, I see when I started watching him, and he was very good at, at playing the part, because I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit, well, my mom's going to be able to sit through a film, but I was like, I don't, am I going to be at the end of this film and just feeling angry? Because I find it hard to sympathise. See, with, like, westerns and things like that, and, you know, the native is the, the enemy. Mm. And part of me is just going, well, of course they are. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because we stole their country and murdered yeah, yeah. them. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's just. It's what's a wee bit of genocide between friends. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Like, <laughs> and it's like, um, I, I, and I was like, don't expect me to feel sorry for this guy by the end of the film. But I don't. I wouldn't say I felt sorry for him necessarily. Um, he, he was his character was incredibly kind and compassionate and understanding. To Rosamund Pike's character, yeah, yeah. and he does soften, and he does it by the end, right? And I'm not looking for, I wasn't looking for like some magnificent transformation, but I think that had to happen for you to actually want to watch the film and get to the end because you would just sat there for like what two hours, couldn't, angry, couldn't remain that bleak throughout. No, no, I mean, unless you're unless you're racist, and maybe that was your thing, and you would have really, really loved it to be like that the entire way through. Um, the character does soften. You're absolutely the character does soften, but I didn't think he softened enough. And I didn't. And we're famous. I didn't want him to soften because he did soften so much that you, you know. Sorry, do you not find that you see that sometimes with despicable characters? Is quite often there's there's almost like a sociopathic edge to them where those kind of people that can murder and do bad things are able to compartmentalise so they can be this person this time but for another person they're this other person do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you told me, you see and they don't the... necessarily cross over yeah you told me you, you mentioned the film when he's talking to Rosamund Pike and he's doing the class 
he's very charming, he's very polite, mm-hmm. he's, he's always he's like he's a good man at that point, which makes it mean that which makes it obviously realise when he has do when he has done awful things to other people and he has done and he, he treats people in a bad way, it's a distinct choice of that person to do that. He's not it's not it's not, it's not like his upbringing that's caused that. He is choosing to do that. I don't know because quite yeah. a lot I found myself thinking why what's made him do that. I, I didn't think that's who he is. It, to me, I was always trying to kind of figure out something. What's made him like something's made him that person. I, I didn't kind of think that's who he was because he chose to be. I, I think that in my we kind of tiny brain something bad happened to him that made him that person. And as they explain in the film, they get to a point where if you kill enough natives or people, it becomes nothing you know you kind of look that there's that desensitizes to a point where it, it, it's just another act that you do you know it's like tying your shoes or something like that yeah right, if, you, if you butcher enough people and you see enough of your friends butchered then that there's a there's as a part in the film that they do they do talk about mm-hmm. that do mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah um, and i don't even know what i was going to say there <laughs> it's gone <laughs> she lost it but as a film i mean it looks it looks stunning as a film, you know. They, they shot the Badlands like you know fantastically well. It looked amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely stunning. Like the photography was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, That's what I've always wanted to know, right? So you know when you're watching westerns, right? And I can see he pulls out a map and all that. Uh, Have you noticed how everybody? Obviously back then there weren't that many roads. There weren't that many fucking road signs. How does everybody know where to go? There was trails. It's all trails. But, yeah, but a lot of the time there was no trails. You can see them. They're just I, riding. They're not going by. They're not going by like stars and stuff and like following rivers and like they're aiming towards like sort of Basically, monuments. Head north and that's it. Yeah. Aye, yeah, like, I was. I'm really glad that I was born in 1984 <laughs> uncover for me to have spoke to Lenny about this already is um, I really don't like Rosamund Pike um, <laughs> not quite Tom Hardy levels I dislike but just, I don't know I've always kind of had reservations about her anything I've, seen, I've never been impressed and this film cemented it for me I just don't think she's got any any appeal at all she's she just her character, I didn't like her character, I didn't empathise with her, I just don't like her as an actress at didn't all. didn't empathise after what happened to you, so I didn't empathise with her at all? See if it was Michelle Williams, I'm sure it'd have broke my heart, but just Rosamund Pike doesn't do it for me. Just, I just I'm don't with, like I'm, her as an actress at all. With you a little bit, I'm, I'm a bit cold on her as well, there's not yeah. much I've seen her and, and I really enjoyed her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, like, in fact, you know, I, did, I liked this one called United Kingdom last year, I really enjoyed her in that film. Right. Um, but... I'm with you to the extent where you, you're watching and you're going, do I really... Like, it, her performance at times felt over the top. I mean, she's dealing with what she's dealing with. It maybe can't be too over the top. But <laughs> I know where this is going. To, <laughs> there's, a felt, bit, there's a bit that I says to Colin that makes no sense, really, if you think about it, right? Makes sense to the story of the film, because obviously they needed this to happen, right? They get, they get to Fort wherever, right? And she's offered the chance for security and safety... Uh-huh. And she's like, nah, I think what I'd really like to do is get back on horse and get out there with Christian Bale and face <laughs> almost certain death every 20 minutes. Do you know yeah, what I mean? 
there was absolutely no purpose. I mean, there was simply why she wanted to do that at all. Yeah, yeah, just... She just wanted to hang out. Because she just wanted to hang out with him. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Because there was never really any romantic thing between them, was it, Marisol? No, was there? No. 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 So it wasn't like anything happened that way. It's obvious that she wanted to hang. She was. She wanted to hang about with Christian Bale for a Maybe lot of time. Maybe it was just like a PTSD thing. Do you know what I mean? That was a, the, the, the kind of guy that came along, and helped her, and she just kind of grabbed on, latched on to, to, to him, do you know what I mean, that yeah. he was, you know, safety and security, maybe, maybe that's what it was, um, possibly. Um, also, I think Lorraine was quite annoyed about the, the grave bit, where she was digging the grave with her hands. Yeah, um, I got, yeah, that annoyed me. <laughs> that was the scene I thought, I mean, again, I don't know, I, I can't say it's over the top, because I've never lost a child, and, and I don't know what it's like, so you obviously your grief is so, like, raw and just exposed, and it's, it's overwhelming. But her performance, again, it felt over the top for that character for that time. But, again, it's hard you, you to say what it went. You don't know yet. No, I, I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I think my first exposure to Rosamund Pike um, that I was aware of, because she, she kind of broke out here, was probably Gone Girl. That's where I kind of thought yep. I'd seen her. And I, I wasn't that impressed then. And anything else I've seen, I've just, just left me yeah, cold. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Um, it was nice to see Ben Foster pop up. He was, he was in there, wasn't he, as well? Was it Ben Foster? Yeah, was he in briefly? Are you sure it was Ben Foster? He was he, a prisoner? He was a prisoner, yeah. No, he was, yes. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, so it was good to see him popping up. And he, he played a horrible person. He was a bastard. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he was, he was like the other side. He was like... basically like Christian Bale. He's he, he, Christian Bale who, gets, who goes not too far, but almost crosses a line between... Like state sanctioned and not state sanctioned. But that he, makes sense? He was, there was the bit where he was just kind of talking to them and he just kept spouting all this bile, horrible stuff. And right. it made me quite. I was getting annoyed with him. I was like, I don't like you at all. And no. I, I just thought he took. I mean, he was only in it for about 10 minutes. And I, I just thought he came along and he, he, he just made so much of that role and he just made this horrible, vile character that come to life. And it, I, I got really quite annoyed with him. Do you know what I mean? I was like, just. Fucking stop talking because you're making me angry. I mean, it was so convincing in what he was doing. But it was nice to see him as well, and, and Peter Mullen as well, completely Scottish accent, which was good as well. well. I, I, I mean, Peter Mullen, every time he turns up in something, he just makes it better. And also, He's, so good at his. Like, I was trying to, me and my friend were talking about this going, is Peter Mullen the best actor Scotland's ever produced? And I couldn't think of a better actor than Peter Mullen. Sean Connery. Sean Connery's not getting as much range as Peter Mullen. Sean Connery yeah. doesn't need range. He's Sean Connery. That's yeah, he's, still, no, Sean he's in his own category, Colin. Yeah, Sean Connery is, is maybe the only movie star Scotland's like the biggest movie star Scotland's produced. That's maybe a given. But you and McGregor. I don't. I, I mean, I think Mullins. I think Mullins better than McGregor. Honestly, like, I can't think of anything Mullins done, even in a film that he, it's not a great film. He, he still brings so much to it. He's. He's not pigeonholed to playing one type of character, no. but he's never got. Look, look, McGregor can be all singing, all dancing. He can, he can play the criminal. You know, he can play the spy, the action hero. Whereas Mullen, he can only play a certain type of character. No, Mullen. Like think about it. In the same year he was doing Hector, right? He mm -hmm. done Hector. He also done that film Sunset Song. I don't know what that is. You mean you saw it as one that's set in like the nineteen hundreds? Oh Scotland. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. He was in that one at the same time. Also, he was in Sunshine and Leaf that year as well. And like six months before that, he was in the Hercules film as well. But he, he always plays the dishevelled, kind of fucking grey and, you know, dour kind of Scots person. That, that's nah, almost I, I, I his role. That's because that's what we look like. I think we do look, we look grey and dishevelled. Well, yeah. Speak for yourself, Larry McKillop. 
you know, I, I, I can't think of, I, think, I cannot think of a better Scottish actor. Like, I think he just brings so much to everything he does, and I think he is the best Scotland ever produced. I don't know, throw a few, right? So we've got McGregor. Um, what about Robert Carlyle as well? Carlyle, of course, absolutely. Carlyle, I would put Carlyle up there as well. Um, absolutely, is yeah. Tom Connie Scottish as well? Uh huh. He's, yeah. he's more a stage actor than he was a, a screen actor, well, I think, was Whenever he's on screen, he's, he's pretty good. So. Yeah, now, he's, this this is a podcast for another type yeah, best podcast, yeah. <laughs> we'll delve into that. Right, back um, to Cowboys Boys and Indians. Um, out of 10, what are you giving it? Um, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Solid, yeah. solid 7, yeah. Lorraine? Yeah, I think I'd go with that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's the first time we've ever had a concise agreement on this podcast, but yeah, oh, I'm giving it a 7. Wow, it's like pontoons, 21. Well. Yeah, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 as well. I thought it was everything about it I really liked. There was a few moments brought it down. I thought at times it was slow than it had to be. But other than that, I thought it was an excellent piece of filmmaking. I thought it was really, I thought it was really well done. And like I said, Bale's performances, if it wasn't Oscar eligible this year, mm-hmm. it should be Oscar eligible for next year because I thought it was, it was a, like a yeah. powerhouse performance from him. Yeah, he, he, he done amazing. Um, quite a lot, just with the, the, the kind of scenery and stuff, that, I thought it could have been like a, a good accompaniment to The Revenant at times as well. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and the same... Yeah. I don't know if it's in it, it's in the same universe, but I thought it would have been a good kind of side-by-side with that as well. You can imagine them both existing in the same world, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Crossing um, paths and seeing hello each other and then off they go again. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so on to we've both seen, which is a Netflix original. Which is? Which is Bright. Oh, do we need to talk about oh, Bright? Oh, I've seen that, yeah. Well, they used to talk about Bright, I'm going to fucking slap on this. You, we'll talk about Bright in a minute. Uh, directed <laughs> by a guy called David Ayer, who also directed Suicide Squad. Yep. Um, which we can say less about that the better. He directed um, End of Watch, which is a phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a brilliant um, sort of urban thriller. Um, and he also directed a film called Fury, which not yeah. that many people like that much, but me and you think I, I enjoyed Fury a lot. I thought yeah. the, the cast done great with the roles for that film, and it built yeah. a lot of attention, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Bright is essentially the film, it's about two cops, of which one is an orc. So orcs exist in this world, there's the sort of wizarding creatures and fantasy creatures all exist in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, two cops, one's an orc, one's a human. They're out on patrol. They discover something they shouldn't discover, yep. something from the magic world, mm-hmm. um, and then they're basically got to protect them, make sure it doesn't fall into the hands of someone that shouldn't fall into the hands of. Okay, That's bad. the basic plot. Yeah, pretty much, um, but not as deftly done as you told it. It was terrible. Yeah. It was fucking um, starring Will Smith, yep. um, Joel Edgerton, yep. and I think that was about it. Naomi, Naomi Ripley, wasn't it? But she was also in it. She played the sort of the fairy or whatever she was. She was the brave. Elf. Ah, uh, the bright, you yeah. the bright. Um, yeah. Lorraine really liked. Who was the guy you liked to plays the elf in it? The, the kind of rich elf, the Argentinian guy. Yeah, you really liked him, didn't you? You thought he was quite. Well, I, I, I didn't think he was brilliant in that role. I just think mm. he's really hot. Yeah, okay. Stupidly <laughs> hot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Guys, we just like something. Um, so, Colin, what did you think of this one? Um, bag of shape. On it, Lorraine. Okay. <laughs> Concise but to the point. Lorraine, what did you think of it? I don't, I mean, I liked it enough. I don't have that much to say about it. Um, other than I think it would have worked much better as a series than yeah, a film. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. And, and I thought it was. Colin and I sat down to watch it together. And I, I was sitting there and I was like, is this, a, is this a series or a film? And he's like, it's a film. And I thought, this first episode's gone on for a really long time. Like, I just think that, that it would have brought it to life a lot more. Like, there's a lot more I wanted to know. If they had a TV show, they could have probably spent, you know, maybe done an introduction to this episode similar to what you saw, 
and yeah. then over the next three or four, sort of explore the backstory and the back, you know, the history of like how the world came to be as it is. And um, really, all you get in that and how like how the world is as it is now is like a sort of the, the prologue is over the credits. You sort of see that a couple of things, but nothing that interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that world explored too much, and that could definitely open up. Yeah, definitely. Plus, I think as well, what bugged me is, um, and I had this same problem with Baby Driver, right? Because I just, I, I'm one. I thought Baby Driver was just okay. Um, is Will that was Smith's the character? Of the year. Sorry. That was the three beers film of the year. I know that wasn't on even on my list. Um, I don't think. Um, so I basically Will Smith, right? Will Smith's character really hates Joel Edgerton's character, and is just nasty and horrible to him. For most of the film, yeah. right? Okay. I guess that's, I, I suppose that's supposed to be like a form of racism, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it felt like, and I had this problem, like Jamie Foxx was just horrible to Ansel. Is it Ansel El? El, 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 El yeah. yeah. And Baby Driver, he was just horrible to him from the get go and just remained to be like that. And I was just like, that's just a plot point. Like, you've literally just made him like that for it because he has to have an enemy. Do you know what I mean? And I felt like that was a bit of the case in Bright as well. Is just he just hated them for the sake of hating them. Yeah, that's it's similar to what we said about hostels. Like Colin in the hostels, he sort of saw that Christian Bale had some sort of backstory to him that made him be mm-hmm. the way he was, but he was never actually explored. Which he maybe should have maybe had something in there. This is the same. It had no backstory as to why he hated orcs, other than the fact he doesn't like them. Yeah. So you, you, you need you kind of need some sort of purpose or reason to it, mm-hmm. you know. And that was never really explored that much. Yeah. Um, and it made the character for that weaker. And also, you take an actor like Joe Edgerton, who's a re- who we've watched recently, is a really good actor. Yeah, yeah. And you stick him behind some really—it's good makeup, but it's still makeup. I and thought he told, the makeup was terrible. But anyway. I, th- I thought it done, done the role it was supposed to do, but it, it meant he couldn't act through that. You know, it was so um, encompassing of his face, and so mm. just then it, it, it takes a really charismatic and interesting actor and just basically, you know. Hamstrings them yeah. from the whole film. Try and act through rubber. You can't do it. Uh-huh. You, you kind of lose so so much. Also, when, when is Will Smith ever going to be funny again? Really? I know. It, it, I thought we can. The best bit of Suicide Squad, which wasn't many good bits of Suicide Squad, but with a couple of bits you felt we kind of maybe have Will Smith back a little bit. Almost. Yeah. He's kind of like was, a warm up Will Smith almost. Yeah. Yeah. The weekend at the moment you think, oh, Will Smith might be kind of get back to the Will Smith that we all love from like Men in Black, Independence mm. Day. You know the bad boys, Will Smith. You know that Will Smith is really the charming as hell actor who had real screen presence. But and this again, he just sort of he, he sort of sunk away again, and yeah. he just he's lost. He's making some really bad decisions film wise. You know, Will Smith for for about the last maybe ten years almost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really bad stuff. You know? Getting to the point where the, the best thing I've seen is that one where it, where they kind of set him up to meet death and time and love. What was that called again? Um, oh, Astral Beauty. Yeah, that that's been like the best thing I've seen him in. That's because it wasn't trying to be funny, and, and that was an and that was an awful movie. So he's he's gone from like one of the funniest kind of guys out there to to kind of you know being likable when he's not been funny, and it doesn't suit him. It's, like, Hanks can do stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he was funny, he's a serious actor now, and it works for him. But I just don't get it with Smith at all. I want him to be no. funny. I want the Fresh Prince back. That's what I want. Yeah, I want. To, I like. But the only thing I've seen I've actually enjoyed him in recently was a film called Concussion. Mm-hmm. When he plays the doctor who discovers sort of like that basically American football players are hurting themselves yeah. by banging each other's heads. Yeah. Um, that was a performance, and it, it his his performance suited the role. And as you feel like he could have made the character in this film, in Bright, 
sorry, he could have made the character be like a Denzel in Training Day. Yeah. He could yeah. have been Denzel was a bastard in that film, he's a horrible person, but he's fucking he's watchable from start to finish. Definitely. Yeah. There's not a single moment you want. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smooth. Smooth Denison. Yeah. So that that was the sort of issue I put. So uh, so we've we'll not spent much more time on that call. Out of ten, what are you gonna give? Right? Uh four. Rocks and four. Three and a half, four. What aim? Um I'd probably give it a six. Six. Six um, or a seven. Six, seven. I'm going to fall in the middle. I'm going to say five out of ten. Right. Do you think so, this is the, the downward spiral of David Ayer? Do you think this is things to come well, for David Ayer? Do you think he'll kind of rise above it? Because it is getting it a lot of criticism. This is getting I've panned. decided a six. Sorry, I know you were all waiting on the edge of your seat there till I made the decision, but did, I've decided. Did you? Know? Six. six. <laughs> six. <laughs> um, no, because Suicide Squad, for all the problems it had, it made a bucket ton of money. Right, okay. Like an app, so I think that's the overriding sense of what it's done. Netflix have also said, even though they don't release viewing figures, they've all said this is a massive hit. You know, people people are watching it. They didn't really care if you like it or not. You are still watching I it. Yeah, yeah, they're still raking in the money. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know if they, I don't know how they rake in money in that respect. You know, how do they rake in money if you've already bought Netflix? Oh, I suppose. That's how they keep increasing the price of Netflix. Yeah, yeah but it's not. It's not that. I mean, it's just something that. If someone told you five years ago, oh, by the way, Will Smith's going to do a $100 million movie, but you don't have to go and see it in the cinema, it'll be in your screen, it'll be on your TV at home for no more than you normally pay for your TV. That's an insane change in the, sort of the, the dynamic of film, that you know, a $100 million movie is on your TV essentially for free. Was that no, the budget for Bright? Yeah, $100 million. Where did they, Where did they spend that on? Because it looked... Fucking, it, looked it, it looked like a TV movie. It really yeah, because a lot of times it felt like a fact, like a, a, like a, a warehouse filled with um, crates. Yeah, at times. yeah, yeah. I thought it felt cheap. As I well. thought the I makeup thought... was ropey in it, um, yeah. especially salaries. That's where they spent it on. Yeah, exactly. Will Smith is not some cheap. Yeah, I guess, but um, you couldn't see the budget at all. It was fucking terrible. No, I felt yeah, I felt there was a lot of money not spent there. A lot um, of money going to play. I'm surprised you two rated it as high as you did, to be honest with you. But yeah. Each to their own. For the most part, I enjoyed the first hour of it. I thought it was okay. I thought I could, you know, I could get behind, I could watch it as a piece of fantasy. Um, it was the final 40 minutes. I thought it was spiral into the final 40 minutes. I thought it was just, yeah. just, just absolutely terrible. I think I was quite uh, wandery through it because me and Lorraine watched the thing. I was kind of up and down quite a lot and popping <laughs> about and stuff like that. I just yeah. lost interest really, really quickly. So I didn't, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not, not a huge one for us. Um, and the final movie which we saw this week at the cinema, which was All the Money in the World. Okay. Mm. Directed by Ridley Scott. So I'm not going to go with Ridley Scott's credits, he's got a few of them, and the man pumps out more stuff than anyone. He's probably done two of the time he's been talking. <laughs> um, the, the plot of the film is it's. Um, somebody remind me the name. Is it uh, Paul John Getty? Paul Getty. John Paul Getty, who is, his grandson gets kidnapped. Um, they want a ransom of $17 million. He is the richest man, not only in the world at the time, but the richest man who has ever existed. Uh, I believe yeah. what they, they say. I don't know if that's like, factually correct or not, but no, yeah, I thought Rocker, the claim. Yeah. I thought Rockefeller had all the money in the world. He was richer at the time because he had no income tax. But anyway, yeah. that's by and by. Um, he basically stands up and says he will not pay the the fee. Mm-hmm. He will not pay the ransom because, what they said, he, he's yeah. got 14 grandchildren. If he paid for one, you have to pay for the rest. Yeah, 14 point. will get kidnapped, yeah. Yeah, kidnapped, yeah. Uh, and because of that, basically, it comes down to his mother, uh, not his, 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 his uh, mother, his daughter-in-law, yeah. the mother of John Paul Getty the third, who's one who's been kidnapped, played by Michelle Williams. She has got to basically try finally to raise the money or talk the kidnappers down, basically to try and free her son free of, without having any real help from the John Paul Getty character. 
that basic plot of the film. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, based that, on true events and stuff like that as well, but highly, highly fucking dramatised. Yes. Yeah. Uh, starring Michelle Williams, like I said, she plays the mother of the, the person kidnapped, mm-hmm. who was played by Charlie Plummer, who um, is the grandson of Crystal Plummer. He's who, not, there's no relation. Yes, Wikipedia says he's a, he's a grandson. No, IMDB says he's not. No, no relation. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, dude. He looks kind of like him, though. <laughs> I think you're projecting, Mr. Laird. <laughs> yeah, no, generally on in, um, Wikipedia, and I went to Wikipedia, it said he has a grandson of him. So, yeah. I can go to Wikipedia and mix it up. So. Nah. You can, that's a good point, yeah. So it's not Charlie, <laughs> it's not Christopher Plummer's grandson, no. but you just have to share a name. Yeah. Uh, so Christopher Plummer plays the, titular, uh, the, the character of John Paul Getty. And, and they're also assisted by Mark Wahlberg, who is the assistant or the security detailer of John Paul Getty. Like a and fixer. Yeah, he's like of this world. Yeah, ex-CIA, who's became like a security, a personal security kind of consultant for John Paul Getty. Yeah. It was my take on it. Marky Mark, is, yeah, he could do that shit. Yeah. Ray, what did you think of this one? Um, first of all, I'd like to say, if you're trying to stop smoking at all, don't go and see a film that's set in the 70s. No, they, they, everybody was everybody was smoking this film. On the aeroplanes. I was proper twitching. It's all you notice it now. See if you watch like a film from the 70s, you realise that everyone, even like you watch Ghostbusters, a kid's film, <clears> they're all smoking, smoking that film. Yeah. So it's obviously, it's obviously normal. It's so actually rare now to see someone actually smoking in a film. Mm-hmm. So when you do see it in a film like this, when every fucker's smoking for the whole movie, you're like, it does totally take you out of place. You're like, oh my god, everyone is smoking in this film. But yes, everyone is smoking a lot in the film. Um, I, I quite liked it. I, there, there's certain things that, that do irritate me. Um, if I can remember what they were from last night. One thing, definitely, right? Now, it, this may have been the situation... <clears throat> I don't know, I wasn't there, I haven't read up that much about it, blah 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 but when um, Gail Getty is going on about how well, even at the beginning of the film, they're going on about how they're broke, right, mm. well they seem to be living in a pretty decent apartment with their three kids, yeah. right, mm. and then later on in the film, you know she's divorced and everything, and she's going on about how they're broke, and they don't have mm. any money, and at one point they do say she's, she's two months behind in her rent right, mm. and I'm like you're not broke like, yeah, the, the, that's like the, rich white persons broke. Yeah, the rich don't go bust like the rest of us, you know. They, they, they don't go broke like the rest of us. Yeah. I know, and it's like, and I'm watching it, and I'm going, and I'm not saying that she had to. They, they, first of all, they, they did start off by requesting 17 million. Yep. I'm not saying that she could afford 17 million at all. That's not what I'm saying, but sometimes I do find it a little bit hard to sympathise with somebody going on about them being broke. But they managed to fly from Italy to London back to Italy. Like, do you know what I mean? And I'm assume, yeah. I assumed that Getty was paying that. Mm, but he wouldn't even see her. Yeah, see, that's what I thought as well. I thought yeah, he but was I like... think he, would, he seemed like he would do as a power trip, but that might be wrong. Mm. He, I felt like still he would have thought on that just to be a dick. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I mean, I, I, I did enjoy the film. I feel like though, um, if I can compare it to something else, just for this one yeah. thing, basically. Uh, I think you're meant to, right, so I think Christopher Plummer did a really good job of being a smug bastard, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I got that. I feel like I wanted to be more frustrated with him, and there's a there's a there's actually a Romanian film right, called The Death of Mr. Lazarescu, and the entire way through the film, you wanted 
stand up and shout at the screen and throw things at it because you're that wound up, you're that frustrated with, with this film and you're meant to feel it with this Romanian film. Yeah. And I feel like I should have felt like that with him and I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I was annoyed at him, I was frustrated, but it didn't get me like... It, it sh- do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is like a is like a life or death situation here. You weren't screaming at the screen at him. You felt like you you felt like you should have been. Is that what you're saying? You felt like you should be like you were so exasperated with him. Uh huh. Yelling at the screen like like you know you might be angry and you might be annoyed at him. You might be you might actually be, you know, get like, sort of abusive towards him. Yeah. You never. You never I, I'm the same. I never really got that with him. He, like he does play like you said smugness really well. Mm. And that, and that, that maybe obviously he was replaced. He he's a a sub in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So you don't know was the. The original take on the film by the actor, you know, by by Spacey, was that a different way? Of, did he do it a different way? Yeah. And maybe what? Because a lot of the scenes in the film, the actors are playing off Spacey's performance; they're not playing off Plummer's performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's only a few, you, you, you probably notice it's all the way they edited it. You know, there's a lot of times when it's only Plummer on screen and it's cutting back and forth between yeah. the person in the room. You so, see him hugging someone with the same colour of suit, but you're like, that's not the same person he was talking to. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a few, a few scenes like there that. Was a couple, there was a couple of scenes that, were, that, that both were on, the actors were on set for, because obviously it's come out recently that, you know, Mark Wilbur played a shit ton more than Michelle Williams for it, but those were sort of very unique scenes. There wasn't that many scenes that were um, reshot in, in their entirety. It was basically only reshooting the performance of Plummer. Yeah. Um, so that makes you wonder, like, what kind of performance face he gave yeah. that maybe would have changed the way you're watching the film yeah no definitely I think he'd because he, he kind of plays that kind of character really well so yeah, uh-huh. it would have been a completely different film I think um, <laughs> I thought I thought Plummer yeah I thought he was unlikable but more in a way of, you know it's a rich prick being a rich prick yeah. I, I didn't kind of feel the anger more just the, the kind of resentment of it do you know what I mean it's like people with money are not everyone, but you know, money money breeds money. Um, you uh-huh. know, and the kind of more you get, I suppose, the less you you want to lose and stuff for like that. And I think that's uh-huh. what I got for the character. And it was just as asshole. It was just greedy, selfish, and and that was it. I didn't kind of get angry and suffer. I just like you're a dick and fuck you. That was it. Really. Yeah. Um. I think it took me out of the film a little bit. I'm saying this. I actually quite enjoyed the film. I think it took me out a little bit. Was you ever watch Friends? Yeah. Yeah. The, the accent Michelle Williams was doing in the film was basically the accent that Phoebe does when she pretends to be forced into Oh, where does everybody summer? Yeah, it's that fake Catherine Hepburn accent. It's not actually a real accent, but it's sort of kind of British as well. Was it meant um, to be British? Cause I no, was... it's, oh. apparently it's copying the, it's, the Catherine Hepburn's accent. It's not a real accent. Right. No one in America talks like that. It, it, that that was like a schooled accent, and that was like sort of trained into her when she was young. Right. Which is going to be filmed. So now people who watch film think that's what Americans sound like, but that's not what Americans sound like. And it felt like Michelle Williams was kind of copying that, this not real accent. I thought you she know. was trying to be British, but not nah, she's not, not British no, at all. Is that kind of golden age of Hollywood type oh, thing? Accent, it, yeah. I mean, where you, you, it was the same you know, in the UK and, and Britain, where you know, you've got what's that called, received pronunciation, where you basically oh. get your accent drummed right out of you. Yeah. Um, so, do you know what I mean? And then you've obviously got because obviously you know with America being like a newer country, um, they didn't nest, they don't nest, they've had to create their own upper class. Yeah. So, and you know, so they've had to create their own upper class accent. Like so that's where we get the like schooled into Hepburn to be appealing to all to 
be appealing to everybody in America and the world, but not isolate anyone. You know, it's like it wasn't like it wasn't rural, so it wasn't like a Nebraska accent with people who you know don't like that rural accent. The people don't want a too portion accent. It was just sort of that middle ground accent of people sort of identify with everyone um, can relate to somehow um, can I just go and say my biggest criticism of the film yes the music was terrible like, I mean that, it was that, intrusive it was just goddamn. Oh, I don't know what he was thinking or, or who the composer who was it was it Zimmerman I don't know but it was no. honestly I don't know what movie they were kind of relating it to but it certainly it was terrible it really really took me out of the film a lot the, it, the music it was a score that was set. it did feel intrusive a lot of the time mm, in the movie just yeah just did not suit what they were trying to the the, the soundtrack was okay that that was mm. fine but the, the, yeah the instrument was terrible it was fucking really 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 bad um made me quite yeah. quite angry at times yeah it felt it did, it did feel out of place it felt yeah. like a score of this film at times yeah um and I'm just looking up to know who actually did the music for it now, so I can actually get so we can actually yeah. give them the um, And just quick to quickly speak about the the, the ear scene as well. Um, Lorraine, yeah. Lorraine <laughs> found that I, I thought it was quite actually sanitised because I'm kind of horror freak and stuff for that. But Lorraine kind of went a bit queasy with, with the ear scene. I, I mean, Jill laughed at me because when that scene came on the film as well, I actually turned and I actually put I banged my head on her shoulder. <laughs> um, and normally, that's what happens to Colin. Yeah, like normally, gore doesn't gore and violence doesn't really bother me. For some reason, that scene it just it's not even. And like Colin said, I think it is pretty sanitised. It mm-hmm. does seem prepared to say like it's no more bloody than Reservoir Dogs scene, no. which I've watched a thousand times, and I'm totally fine with that. For some reason, that scene just I don't know if it has reactions. You know, has. You know, if I was just a young boy as well, made it so. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a sheer horror of a bunch of men, like like forcing you to lie down where they cut your bloody ear off. Ah, do you that know what could mean? also be it as well. Yeah, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's totally like, different. Like, I, I, I'm weird. Like I, I will look at pictures of dead bodies all day long, quite happily. And there's a couple of Instagram um, accounts that I follow, like Mrs. Ann Jemmy, who's a pathologist, and there's one called Autopsy Pathology that I follow, and I'll look at all those pictures and everything. But I can't really watch anybody get anything done to them. I can't oh. even go and get blood taken or get a jab by myself. I've usually got to have someone with me because it's quite likely that I'll faint. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, watching that ear thing, um, it's the same, I never, 127 hours, that's yeah, the only part of the film I didn't watch. The arm off, but yeah. <laughs> again, it's quite sanitised as well. Um, it's very sanitised, but for some reason that makes it worse, in my opinion. Yeah, but um, strong reaction from Lorraine, anyway, and it yeah. sounds like you are the same with Pooh Jill. Yeah, it's weird how that, that got me so much. Um, on the actors in the film, I think, like Michelle Williams, I thought was really good in the film. I thought she worked really well. I think she, I thought she performed the role well. Apart from the um, accent, yeah, yeah. Apart from the accent, yeah. Plummer, again, I thought was good for what he had to do. Obviously, he done that in about nine days or something like it was. It was really quick shoot. Yeah. He, he brought something to it. He always had his own choices. Marky Mark was Marky Martin all over the place. Marky Mark was miscast. I'm he like, was. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Mark, me, 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 Mark Wahlberg is not a supporting actor. He's great as a lead actor because he, he, he can own a film and he can bring so much to it, you know, by being himself. When he's got to support other people in the role, he seems very weak. He hasn't any, got any range to bring that to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's... he's, he's He's an action star and he's a funny guy. He's like a man child, but I think when he has to do like a serious role, I think he just always falls flat. He's kind of yeah. limited to. Yeah, he's just like his range is limited. To, um, you know, his yeah. kind of expressions and stuff like that. And it, it, I like watching him and Ted and stuff like that. But I think when you put a role like that, I think you just see that he's no, 
he's not quite Probably up there with, with Clooney and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. No, definitely not. Um, so out of 10, Colin, what are you giving it? Oh, four. Four? That is weak. No, that, that's that's me being quite... I'm feeling quite generous tonight, so that's fours, four's, yeah. Four out of 10. Yeah. Lorraine, what are you giving? Uh, I'm going for a seven. I'm in agreement with Lorraine. I think it's a seven as well. There's, there's a lot of stuff to like in it. It's well told. It moves. It mostly moves at a decent pace. It does lag at times, um, and there is some things wrong with it. But as a thriller, it's a decent enough thriller. I think you can watch it. It's like I said, maybe cut twenty minutes out. It would be better. But yeah, I think it's a decent enough thriller. Yeah, that's quite high from both of you. So I'm, I'm surprised. But yes, yeah. that's just my half-baked opinion. I just didn't yeah. like it at all. It didn't work for me. Um, but that is. Us. Well, no. I was quite pleased. I know I was IMDb in the film after we watched it, and the guy that plays Chinquanto. Yeah. Um, I realised I never realised this. I've actually seen him in a French film before called The Beat That My Heart Skipped. All right, yeah. It's from about two thousand and five, I think. Um, which I would highly recommend. By the way, it's a very good film if you're into French films. I should look it out then. Um, but I, uh uh-huh, that was quite a didn't think I would know anybody else in the film, but yeah. Picked him up. Um, just one more film that, that I've seen before we go. Right. That I think I need to mention, I think Andy might want to pipe in a wee bit with us on as well. Um, we, we watched The Room um, with Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, we watched The Room. How, had, how was it? Uh, it was pretty much worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was right. fucking goddamn dreadful from start to finish. Um, and if I hadn't have seen The Disaster Artist, I would have stopped watching it after about you think it's now gained some level of kitchen sort of what even more watchability because of disaster? Uh, disaster def- definitely. Um, Andy, what did you think of the room? Yeah, it was what we thought it was. Yeah. yeah it was good. Um, but no, it was um, definitely fucked up. Um, just crazy, crazy film. Yeah, the disaster makes it watchable and it kind of gives it. Uh, kind of puts it, you know, it's kind of legend almost now. But yeah, if, if it wasn't for disaster, it would have been like two minutes and I switched off. Fucking awful. Fair enough. Yeah. Nice one. Um, but next week out we have oh. three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which I think we're all looking forward to. Desperate to see. Day. Yeah. Um, you've also got The Darkest Hour, which is the new one with Gary Oldman playing Churchill. Churchill, which I don't fancy at all. I don't think I'm going to go Even though he's won Golden Globes and stuff mm, for it. Going, I just think it. it sounds dull as hell. So. It possibly could be. And also had a Churchill film out not long ago as well. Um, you also got Insidious, The Last Key, which is the third part of the Insidious. Yeah, key. I'll try and catch that. Yep. Uh, and we've also, well, tomorrow, next week we will review also um, the film Downsizing, which I've seen already, um, but we'll, we'll bring some there to talk about that as well. So Downsizing is out as well. Cool. Um, also, interesting, Molly's game's still out. We, have, we, we talked about it about three weeks ago because I saw it on Advanced Preview. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen Molly's game yet? No, not yet. I do want to see it, but I don't yeah, know yeah. if I'll kind of get round to it just way. Molly's game, game is still out. Obviously, Paddington, I believe, is still out at this time. Still going strong. Uh, yeah. Still going strong. Jumanji's still out. Star Wars is still out. There's still a lot of stuff in the cinema. There's actually quite a good range in the cinema just now. It's mm-hmm. kind of going from the blockbuster down to the, the sort of full indie. Yeah, yeah. Um, quite a good time of year. Yeah, so maybe try and catch Molly's game if it stays in for a few weeks longer, but yeah, maybe not catch it. Maybe not. Yep. So you want to tell me what you find this following? Um, yep, as usual, um, you can find us at number three beers in the movie on Gmail if you want to send us any emails, which we've still not had any yet. Um, Stu, Stu McFall, um, I'm talking directly to you just now, still waiting for a fucking email. Uh, we're on Facebook at Free Beers in the Movie and also on Instagram as well. So check us out, give us a like, thumbs up, let us know what you think, stuff like that. Awesome. Um, that's us, guys. So thanks very much. 
I have been Richard Laird. You have been Colin McKay, and you've been Lorraine McKillop. And you've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.